Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, D. Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill. Welcome to a very happy Victory Tuesday edition of the 49er Faithful UK show. The Niners moved to 2-2 two and, two and top of the NFC West with a solid and thoroughly enjoyable 24-9 win over the LA Rams. I'm Gareth Ellis, and here to help me pick through the succulent roasted lamb leftovers, it's Naji Kwa. Hello, everyone. And Paul Hope. Feels great, baby. <laughs> He's back. So let's start with some breaking news. Local Santa Clara man D'Amico Ryans is being investigated for organising a vicious and sustained assault on an unsuspecting flock of lambs on primetime TV, no less. He's accused of running the best defence in the NFL. Naji, guilty as charged? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to go away for a long time for now because it's pretty obvious. It's, uh, yeah, very enjoyable to watch uh, defence play that way. Um, we called it. I think Paul, you called it uh, before anybody believed it. But yeah, yesterday they showed the uh, nine points, uh, which I believe is an order of your ball prediction, Gareth, which we'll touch on later. <laughs> Absolutely, two times now uh, that we basically shut down offenses. Um, so yeah, yeah, what a what a game by the D again, Paul. I think you might have some stats that demonstrate the uh, defensive dominance. Yeah. So as Nadji said, Gareth, I, I did call a rather bold prediction that this defence was rather good. I've had some <laughs> non-49er fans um, send me some messages this morning thinking I'm being a bit rose-tinted glasses and then I dropped the stat that you, you, I pulled off PFF. So we had 35 pressures and seven sacks as a team last night, Gareth. Nick Bosa had 14 pressures, two sacks. Charles had five pressures and a sack. Ibukam, four pressures, two sacks. Greenlaw, three pressures, plus 15 tackles, which we'll get into later. Don't worry about that, Neil Graham. Hassan Ridgeway, three pressures and a sack. Fred Warner, two pressures. Givens, two pressures. And my favourite sack of the night wasn't the Nick Bosa one. It was the Lenar sack. The Lenar one, yeah. That was just... What was laughable, Gareth, um, if you listened to the preview show, we talked about the 49ers sending four after the quarterback and not blitzing very well. It just goes to show what do we know as fans because Demuco Ryan went into his bag of tricks last night and thought, I'm going to blitz. And boy, did yeah. he blitz last night. And it mm. was just an awesome masterclass. And we just have to enjoy it, Gareth, because at the end of the season, Ryan is going to be gone. He's going mm. to have his pick of head coaching jobs. And we just have to enjoy it. But yeah, this defence. What did they say, Nadji? Defence wins championships? That's what they say. That's what they say. Um, yeah, and I think last night they played like a... I will also say that I, I do also think that the Rams are really, really struggling on offence. They're basically a one-man team. As the stats show, Cooper Cup, uh, a, he had a decent night by all accounts in terms of you know, targets and catches and yardage. But yeah, it was a pretty, it was a, a masterclass on how to uh, how to blitz and when to blitz at the right time. But I think them losing, you know, three starters on their all line, which was already poor at the start of the, the year, and having undrafted rookies stepping in without any time at all has definitely helped him make that decision to put them under as much pressure as possible and. Last night, it paid off uh, big time. Uh, I think, yeah, Bosa uh, carrying on what he's doing, you know, another two sack. He's going to have to uh, increase that number, though, if he wants to be the, if he wants to be at 26 or whatever, <laughs> whatever we call it at the beginning of the season. But yeah, it came from everywhere. Uh, the Lenore one was really good. Uh, I enjoyed the Abu Kam one. And uh, mm. I'm, I'm 
kind of got the lease now here and he'll be he'll be back with us very soon but it, he called for us to cut him at the beginning of the season and i think he's uh he's gonna have to admit that it was a bit wrong on that one because he's playing absolutely awesome so uh yeah it starts up front i thought i mean greenlaw what can you say since he signed that contract he's had double digit tackles every game and then fred doesn't quite as much but i, I think i figured out that the offenses are going away from him which may allow Greenlaw to get all those tackles so it's one of those where Fred is making people around him better and that's exactly what you want to see out of your captain and your all pro middle linebacker which he should be again this year hopefully and then uh, yeah the back end what can you say I mean <laughs> I'm not gonna start talking about Hoff because we'll be here for like four hours um, <laughs> but what a player what a dude uh, I, it's so good to have finally a safety that knows what he's doing and changes the game uh, I, I called it uh, on the preview. Uh, did you enjoy a secondary, Gareth? I thought Mooney was pretty good. I thought Eamon was good too. Yeah, I, I was making a list of players to mention and it's basically, it's the defence. <laughs> it's it's difficult to pick out anyone there. Obviously, we, we had Armstead, I think, started but didn't really complete the game and obviously did, came yeah. out. And we didn't seem to, to miss a beat. Uh, Givens uh, did well. Hassan Ridgeway uh, did well. We, yeah. we didn't seem to be weaker where effectively we're, we're missing two starters in the, in the middle of the most defensive, uh, the most important part of the defensive line. Yeah. So, and on, on that note too, Kinlaw did warm up and was ready to go, I think. But I think Ryan told him, sorry, mate, but you're going to sit down one hour not taking any chances. But he, he looked pretty disappointed. So I think uh, I think he's OK, which is great news, obviously. Well, I, I, I can imagine he was uh, he was licking his lips at the thought mm. of, of uh, attacking that makeshift offensive line from the from the Rams. I don't think that really takes anything away from the defensive performance, but obviously the, the O line is is a, certainly a weak spot on the Rams. Um personally just to enjoy a little bit of the Rams, I think they're they're beginning to pay the price for their uh, team building structure which yeah. has been to sink all of their salary cap into a handful of, of players uh, and then try and get the best out of, you know, people who are, might be a little bit more second string level. And it's beginning to find them out because, as you said, if you take away Cup and you take away Donald, they're a three-win team, maybe. So, yeah. um, and I'm uh, my sympathy for that is is very, very little. But, yeah, Hufanga uh, uh, got me up off the sofa at, whatever it was, 20 to four, um, <laughs> pounding my fist in the air, looking stupid. Uh, Kat looked at me rather, rather surprised at what I was doing. But um, uh, he'd been, he'd had a quiet game, but I think we're beginning to see those big players make big plays at important times. And that was exactly what Havanga did. And sometimes that's, yeah, forget about me at your peril, Mr. Stafford, uh, yeah. because I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that opportunity. I've watched the tape. I've seen what you've been doing in this game and I'm going to pick my moment and he executed it. Um, and yeah, uh, hats off to you, Nadji. Obviously, uh, D'Amico <laughs> listened to you on the on the pre-game, on the pre-season pods uh, and thought, OK, if uh, if the safety whisperer believes in him, Hafanga's my man as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that play is, I, I've dreamed to do that. Uh, my entire career playing at safety. Jumping a, jumping a screen is extremely hard to do timing has to be so perfect and you have to read it but you 
you have to commit so hard to it, and because if it's not a screen, you basically it's a touchdown. Uh, if the, if it's a fake screen and somebody throws it over the top, it's very very difficult to do. Uh, and and having the speed to do it and catching the ball at that time is like in the fourth quarter to seal the game. It's as you said, big players do that. You know, they change the game, they take care upon themselves to make great plays when it matters. Plays out. We'll remember. You know, this is the kind of stuff that. You put on a highlight reel uh, at the end of the season in February when you uh, accept your ring. So um, let's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's all that. Um, everybody's talking about, obviously, Troy Polamalu. Um, same, you know, same origins, same kind of thing. Turns out <laughs> they train together in the off season, which I didn't know about. But Off has been spending a couple summers with him. And it just shows, right, uh, the instincts are there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's so good. And even without that pick, he's everywhere. Um, pass breakout, big tackles. And then let's not forget, yeah, uh, you know, Gibson should have had another pick. Mm. And then Greenlaw should have had another pick, which turned out to be a fumble. But I think he dropped another one before that. So, you know, it, it was a complete defense game. And then the exclamation mark of hunger. I am definitely buying a jersey. There's <laughs> no way I'm not doing that now. It's, it's, it's going to have to. Uh, so yeah, so good. I can't wait to watch him more. It's. So joyful. As I said to, I said to my coach, cause we, uh, we talk about it often. We talk about football often, especially on Saturdays. It makes me want to switch side again and go back to play safety because it's just, oh, so good. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, sorry, Mr. Ward, Jimmy Ward, but this is what I want my safeties to be like. Um, and finally we've got one. It's amazing. Can't wait to watch more. I think Club, Club 29 was born uh, oh, yeah. on Monday night football. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, Gareth, before you moved on, Nadji, I know you weren't with us in the game day thread. I was dying to tag you, like Gareth. <laughs> I was off that couch, Gareth, and then my oh, first thought was to make funny. sure I didn't wake anyone up. But I had a cheeky <laughs> smile because if you listen to the preview show, we talked about the strength of stopping Cup behind the line of scrimmage or anticipating a player like that. And we said Stafford tends to target him a bit like Jimmy does with Debo. And I'm following a guy on Twitter, Nadji, called KP underscore show and I've tweeted it out and the angle I don't know whether it's the all 22 but from the departure of the slot wide receiver like you said the way Hufanga jumps and catches that ball I think it made it even better as well Gareth that he bobbled it first then he (laughs) snagged it and he ran it in and I thought we do this pod as a bit of obviously we talk football we're three fans but Gareth had talked about a pick six and sometimes we say these things out of hope more than expectation. Yeah. But last night I was sat at home thinking, Nadji's going to be happy, Gareth's going to be happy. And then <laughs> the whole game day thread was just electric. But that for me was just what a moment. And I have tweeted that clip out, Nadji, many a time a day. Oh, yeah, that's to know. great. This, this one's going to be in a bang for a long time. But don't don't be afraid to tag me if I'm asleep. It's not going to wake me up. And I will not check my phone until the game's over later when I watch it over. So don't worry. Just tag me and I can reply later on. It's, a, it's all good. <laughs> I don't think we can really say anything more about the defence that's not already been said, really. Uh, any other players you just really want to pick out? Um, I mean, Mooney, I, I want to pick on Mooney Ward again because I, th- I think he, he was very, very, very good. And he, that fade to, uh, was it Arlen Robinson, yeah, um, Robinson on, on, the, on the third down, on the first one? I I think, I don't know if, obviously Sherman, maybe a few years back, might have been able to do the same kind of play. But if we put like last year's corners on, on that play, that's probably a touchdown, right? Um, he's been solid. He's been 
you know, breaking passes, right? Same again, because it's not as flashy and it's not a pick six. And that's the thing with Ufunga, right? It's flashy. It just jump off the screen. But I think Ward is quietly, absolutely impressive. And they showed the start during the broadcast that since 2018, his completion rate against him, no, his QBR against him is 48.5 or something like that, which is by far the best in the league. And it just shows. And then I think defenses are going to start keying on that and stop throwing his way because you just know that you're not going to complete it or if you are it's going to be a very short game and the tackle is going to be here with uh, with the help coming over the top very soon anyway so as you said uh, last last week I think he's quietly and slowly being maybe the best free agent acquisition of this of this offseason um, certainly a better one than Allen Robinson who uh, clearly hasn't shown up and wasn't going to against uh, against us that's for sure see last year that would have just been an automatic pass interference. Josh Norman yeah. would have got his head round. And you're right, that player just typified what he's brought to the team. But before you move on, Gareth, there was a stat. I'm new into the stats, and obviously I've got no bones about it. But Nick Bosa last night, Gareth, he had a pressure rate of 31.8%. And to put that into perspective, the average pressure for an entire NFL defence this season is 31.9%. So it just shows you how dominant. And Nadji said there, we want to see it convert more into sacks, but it just shows what Ryan's has dialed up. And I'm going to be bold and say this defense is looking better than the 2019 one for me. Oh, it is. 100% so far anyway. There's a lot of football to be played. So it's going to be hard to keep it at that level for an entire season with an extra game. But so far, so good. Yeah, not only with the execution, but I think the defensive game plan, we, we basically stuffed the run. We put Stafford under pressure, and I think we kind of said we'll let you get seven yards to cut. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was it was kind of like well, we everybody struggles to stop Cooper Cup, so yeah. so let's not let's take away your big plays, let's take away your running games, and yeah. and put Stafford under so much pressure that as soon as you got down in the red zone and the field becomes compressed, there's nowhere for them to go anymore. And that just seemed to be they move the ball in the middle of the field relatively comfortably for much of the game. And then as soon as they get down to the end, they've they've got nowhere else to go. Uh, and to me, that just seemed to be a, a defensive master plan uh, on how to to set out your your defense and what it's going to do against the players that you're facing. Uh, and and it worked. It worked all through the game perfectly. Uh, yeah. and, and hats off to everybody involved, all the coaches. Uh, maybe maybe D'Amico hasn't had enough love on this uh, on this show over over the last year or so but uh he, he definitely deserves it but uh if anyone does have any dirt on him um do feel free to share that with him yeah. in a fellow and uh and um we will be uh we'll be sad to see him go but i think yeah his his days are going to be numbered um let's hope he can finish with uh, a good victory so over to the offense uh, also accused of publicly bullying some visitors from la is one debo samuel paul Break it down for us. What did you make of Debo? Well, I was, I was making his laugh off air. So, Jay Peplow, I have to mention it, Nadji, or he'll never let me forgive it. As soon <laughs> as he caught that ball, Gareth, and he ran it in for the touchdown, Jay Peplow was like, that's catch 2.0 for me. I think he forgot about Owens. But let's face it, when that ball first left Jimmy's hand, I thought Nadji's going to rage at how high that passes. <laughs> then yes. it seemed to kind of like the way he caught it and then pulled it down, I thought, oh, we've got. The first down here. First down, yeah. <laughs> then he skipped past one. Then he skipped past another. And then I was on the edge of my seat and I was like, this has gone in for a touchdown. So, I mean, what can you say about Debo Samuel? He was just sensational, Gareth, on Monday night. Um, 
I think he's broke ESPN's new metric that they've created for him about creating yards after catch. I mean, anyone who had any doubt about Debo Samuel and all the contract negotiations, I think he answered his critics last night. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer person than Jalen Ramsey. And mm. <laughs> I think, you know, it, was, it wasn't just that his 57-yard his touchdown was obviously the highlight player. But it wasn't his only big play of the game. I was, I was looking before we came on. There was a big third and 13 where, again, the Niners drew up a simple screenplay and Nadji's been looking at Jimmy's passes behind the line of scrimmage. I'll talk about it in a sec. He turned it into a 29-yard gain. And again, yeah. I thought it was going to break. I thought it was Chicago all over again last season. But yeah. Club 19... Club 29, Club 85. Gareth, these clubs are getting bigger and bigger. We're just... <laughs> Too many clubs. Yeah, I mean, you know, having your superstar show up on prime time is, it helps winning games. And on that play, yeah, Debo is majestic for the first part of it. That catch is not easy to make and he makes two or three people miss. And then Kittle throws a key, a key block and then I'm pretty sure Burford throws a key block and then obviously mm-hmm. Ayuk on the last one. Pretty much a team effort on that one um, when it comes to, you know, after the 21st yard kind of thing to get it all the way to the house and, and you see how important it is to go to the house because on the other big play that he had when he he was down to the one and I never saw the replay I watched it in 40 twice so they, they didn't show a different angle or anything I don't know if he was actually down or not I guess yeah, he, was. He, he was he was short by, by a good yeah. Six yeah, inches, so. but then we come out of that drive with with three points rather than seven. So one key block, and then he's out of bounds at the five, and then it's a lot, it's, it might be a different game, right? So kudos to everybody on that play, and are you concluded to 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 run about sixty yards to make one block on the goal line? So yeah, amazing. But, yeah, but the, you know the the thing to me is uh, we kind of clearly listen to the show again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome back, buddy. It's good to have you back. But dick and dunk, give it, put in your. You know, in your playmaker's hand, and then let them do the what, we, what we're all about. We talked about yak for for hundreds of years, almost it feels like. And this season, we haven't mentioned it that much, and it seems like we're trying to get away from it slowly. It, it just it, it's been working, and it clearly worked yesterday. And you know, the the Rams defense, they have Bobby Wagner, who is very experienced against what we do, and Jalen Ramsey was supposed to be this fast and very good corner, and obviously Aaron Donald and all that. Yeah, it was just what we wanted to see out of Debo, and uh, and he just delivered on, on the big stage in front of the whole nation and, and you guys at 3 o'clock in the morning. So it's just good to see and let's hope we can repeat that. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sure we will. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Gareth, it showed in the stats last night that when we played the Rams in the NFC Championship game, I think it was all agreed that the Rams out 49 does. They, they ran the ball, mm. they stuffed our run game. So I was interested to see the stats this morning that we actually passed the ball more last night now, again, Nadji's probably going to get into Jimmy and a lot of the passes weren't deep passes, but we passed the ball 27 times last night. We only ran it 22nd times and we had the pick six. So, again, Kyle Shanahan's coming for a lot of grief about his play call and his game plan. And I think last night, maybe McVeigh was expecting us to run the ball more. So, mm. the Yak boys, welcome back and long yeah. may it continue. Yeah, I, I was going to ask about uh, game plan and Kyle's performance. I, I thought he set the game out quite well. Obviously, the Rams know we want to run the ball, so they they counter that by uh, pushing their defence to, to make sure they stop the run. So the way you counter that is by passing the ball. And I, I, I thought certainly it's Kyle's best game of the, of the season. Uh, and our offence actually had a little bit of rhythm for the first time. Disappointing. I know it's it's picking holes, but we, we only scored three points in the second half. 
Yep. Uh, we can't always rely on our defence uh, to, to hold us in these sort of games. Uh, another game, another day, you might give up a, a, a fumble and a scoop and score or a, or a kick return, touchdown, something like that. And suddenly, if you're 14 points in the hole, my concern is, is could we get that back with our offence? If, if we can build a lead, we know our defence will defend that lead. Uh, but if we find ourselves in the in the opposite situation, are, are we going to be able to do that going forward? Let's not, not take the shine off this victory. Uh, but uh, I think the, the point I really wanted to make was that should be the kind of minimum performance we expect from this offence. That shouldn't be the best. Yeah, no. Uh, by by all accounts, I I'm still very concerned about our offense and the amount of points per you know per drive that we we scored. But we basically scored 17 points on nine drives, and I just don't think that's sustainable enough to either win consistently in the NFL or make a really hard push in the playoffs. When you start playing those teams that that can sustain drive and will take those drives down from nine to possibly five in a game or something like that, where you have to then be a lot more efficient to score points um as you said three points in the second half that's four games in a row now where basically our offense doesn't really show up in the second half and i'm i'm very very concerned about that uh, yesterday was kind of a perfect storm for us where the rams weren't good enough to score points and our defense was good enough to do so versus our offense to actually take the game on and you know put enough points to put this game away sooner than it should have been by half like again 17 points in the nfl is not good not good at all and i know robbie missed one field so it should have been 20 but that's barely three touchdown um you look at a team like and i always go back to them because they're the uh the point where we are looking at the chiefs goes 41 against one of the best defense mm. um you have to be able to sometimes just turn it on and go completely ham. And I can't remember the last time we scored 30 plus comfortably. Um, it might have been that Saints game where we scored what, 48 or something like that. And that was a crazy game where everything kind of went well for us. The thing to me, again, I, I much prefer the game plan this week where all of those tunnel screens and all these little dick and nurse was more on second and second and middle medium. So like second and six, second and seven to try and get to that third and short, which you can then put into either Jeff Wilson or on the juice run, which I think was brilliant design All a dick and dunk just behind the line of scrimmage on third and short, allowing you to maybe even go on third, fourth and inches where you, you know, you got Jimmy and the sneak, which is probably a 98% success rate. So, I, I, I was much more confident on that front uh, in terms of game plan. I'm, I think hitting the big games helps you because it, the defense doesn't really know what to do anymore. But if we had an off day like we did in, in Denver's or even half of what we did in Denver's, I think yesterday could have been a lot more problematic. And I'm really, really concerned about that. The fact that, like, to me, I want to see sustained drive like the Eagles are able to do where they get the ball, you know they're going to march downfield a little bit. And it might be a, a free and out on one drive out of, you know, six. But it can't just be, oh, yeah, Debo's done something, so that's why we're downfield now. Rather than, yeah, the drive's going and we can get points consistently. It's a, it's a very important quality to have in the NFL and we're not quite there yet. See, if Kettle had got his toe, drag swag on in the end zone, that throw from Jimmy was pretty decent. Yeah. He touched upon Debo just being stopped on a goal line. Robbie Gold. I'm bringing these up, Nadji, because I was a bit more reassured that it wasn't Kyle last night. There was a couple of, um, you watch the All Pro 22, and there was receivers wide open. It's well documented that Jimmy's not hitting them. So obviously, last night, the key was they wanted the ball out of Jimmy's hands quickly. Yeah. 
And I don't know about you, Gareth, but that miscommunication between Burford and Brendel when Aaron Donald was left. Oh, God. You know, unmarked, <laughs> running at Jimmy. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But Jimmy did well with that. So I, I, I think, Nadji, that I was more reassured with Kyle's play calling last night yeah. after seeing the game in 40 back because, like you've said before, you watch the game as a fan, you go through all the emotions. And then what I like about game passes, you go back the next day and you just you watch it with no sound on, and you, you notice things that you didn't see live. Absolutely. So, fingers crossed, Jimmy, ever the optimist here. You know, Neil Watson's banging that drum. Hopefully, Jimmy continues to get better, uh, Gareth and Nadji. Or... Excuse me, I think no. Nadji's contained himself uh, for long enough. <laughs> what, what, what is your verdict on this week's offering of the Jimmy G experience? I mean, to me, it's just much all the same. Selling ball, missing wide open people. The Charlie Warner one was terrible ball placement. I think if he leads him well, there might be a touchdown. Yeah, if you throw him to, you know, I know his stats look really good. He's barely above 50% completion rate. Again, 58%. That's not good enough. If you're supposed to be a possession quarterback with a good release, you should be in the 60s and upward. At least, you know, 62, 63% completion rate. That's where you should be as a as a starting NFL quarterback, and then especially when half of your game your game plan is throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and letting you know your playmakers make the play. Because if we if we take all the yak out of his his passing with air quotes, he's probably around 150 140 yards. And you don't think if you if you see 16 for 27 for 140 and and zero touchdown, that's not a game. You, you see out of elite quarterback, you might see that out of Trevor Lawrence who's struggling and Carson Wentz or some somebody like that. So he, he had nine completion behind the line of scrimmage yesterday. That's that's easy. People are open behind the line of scrimmage because the defenders are not allowed to be there. So if you take that out of the 16 he completed, that's seven passes he completed behind the line of scrimmage. That's just not good enough. And 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 we all know it's only a matter of time he puts another performance like he did in Denver, where one of those selling balls is actually a pick. Uh, and the game is a whole lot different if that happens yesterday. Because again, it was you know 17 to 9 for way too long because of his inadequacy mm-hmm. to consistently, as I said, just put a drive together and manage the, manage the down and distance. You just can't do that. It's been like that forever. It's going to continue being like that. We'll see. It's it, it basically every week. It's fingers crossed. We get this version that gets a little lucky and can convert a few further down instead of what we got last week in Denver. Basically, Paul, you going to stand up for Jimmy? <laughs> well, after one of the worst performances of his career against the Broncos, it was a million times better in my eyes, Gareth. Um, I mean, Nadji's right that the problem with Jimmy is it's well documented why we've looked to move on. Um, interestingly, I woke up this morning because I went to bed about 5am, Gareth, had to be at work for nine, and I woke <laughs> up to some text messages off um, non-49er fans saying, oh, the U-turn you have done bigger than the government and the tax cut, and you're all <laughs> loving Jimmy G. And I was thinking, I haven't seen any, what I would say, over-the-top tweets for Jimmy. I think as a fan base, we were happy we've won the game. Yeah. We're happy he didn't turn the ball over. So that's another tick off the bold predictions, Gareth. We said Jimmy would mm-hmm. have over 200 passing yards. Yes, Nadji, the yak. Does definitely count when we well, yeah. count our bold predictions. <laughs> but like you said, Gareth, he finished for 16 for 27, 239 passing yards. It was nice to see him hit the third downs. It would have yeah. been awesome to yeah, see that touchdown to Kittle. I mean, Brad Graham shared some footage from the stadium, Gareth, and the throw is probably one of the best throws I've seen Jimmy do, but Kittle just couldn't get his feet down. Mm. And again, the throw to Juice, 
I was quite impressed with. But uh, yeah, it's good for them. You know, this is where we needed Nadji's wheel of positivity because <laughs> the positive vibes have been all good. But I knew as soon as we got to the quarterback. But we we've won the game, gents. We've beat divisional rivals. We're top of the division. All is good on Victory Tuesday, Gareth. Absolutely. I, uh, at the time, there was the play where he missed the wide open use check, and when I saw Juice. Uh, trot over and line up in the in the slot. Although the, no one can verify this, I I called it. I thought this is that that play that we've seen before, where everybody loses juice because they think he's he's going to come and block them, and he gets past them. And Jimmy's hit those ones before, and I and I called it there, and then just watched the check down and thought, oh maybe juice wasn't open. And immediately, of course, you see him. He's streaked off, and, and the Rams have got no idea where where he's gone at all, and he's wide open, and and he can walk him himself in for the touchdown if he wanted, but ultimately. Ultimately, I think I, I'm not going to give Jimmy too much of a hard time. I think he did. He did okay. It's Monday night football. It's it's on a coming back off a off a bad game. And to be honest, if I would take it, if that's Jimmy G, we get consistently every game. If he does that every game with the no interceptions and hits the sixty percent and lets the playmakers do what they do, I, I'd take that. I would. I'd take that. Uh, and I also yeah. think if we potentially, if we want to be harsh, maybe we should be judging Jimmy as our backup quarterback. And around the league, if you've got a backup quarterback who comes in and puts in those numbers, as fan bases, you've got to be fairly pleased with that, I think. So that's uh, that may not be the right way of looking at it. But uh, No, it's, it's it's a fair point. It's it's totally a fair point. I think we, we tend to forget that he is a backup now, even though he doesn't really get paid like one. But uh, yeah, you're right. If your backup comes in a game and, and does something like this and you end up with a 24-9 victory, I think you sing the praises or whoever is in the center i think you know the patriots are probably very happy that their third down is almost won again against aaron Rodgers. so yeah i I've, i agree i think it's that it's just it's just a frustration of seeing the same thing we've seen the past five years repeat itself and we and here we are talking about it again instead of talking about trace developing onto winning against the rams and, and stuff like that it's just the both world colliding and we're here to watch watch it all happen. So uh, yeah, but you're right. You're right. He's our backup, and he played like one and and, and won those the game. So that's good. It's it's not the passes he makes. It's always about those passes that he misses. Yeah, absolutely. He just doesn't take or or, or the ones he can't quite execute. So that's there true. we are. Uh, the offensive line saw some pre-game changes and some in-game changes. How do you think the O line shaped uh, shaped up? Uh, other than the forgetting about Aaron Donald play, which, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think Burford has called out and said, "Yeah, you mean the centre got miscommunicated." Yeah, I think it just shows how important chemistry and communication between all of those guys—not important but crucial—and uh, why I didn't really want Brunskill to play without a bit of rotation. I think Jalen Moore played a little bit. Brunskill played a little bit. I hope it's not. I think it might be injuries. Um, I'm not quite sure. And I hope it's not too bad of stuff that it's, it'll set us back. I think overall they did they did a pretty good job. You know, Jeff Wilson had a, a decent game and Dal Brun is obviously coming off the O-line doing their job and and, uh, and George Kittle throwing a, an amazing block on that touchdown. So, um, yeah, I think they were very good again. It just I think that there's a slow progression with them. They're getting better and better as a unit and, and this is exactly what you want to see when you don't talk about Maglinchi that's yours always a good day and uh, yeah Aaron Donald really didn't do much apart from that player we, if you if you look at the Manning cast the second broadcast with the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning talking about it they said it's, it's a new strategy trying to frustrate him by insulting him by not 
putting any blocker on him and he might he might try and double think what's going on uh didn't work <laughs> obviously but yeah apart from that i think onward and upward for the o-line i think the future is bright here and i, I think next year will be a very much a strength of us uh if we can keep all these guys together cool anything to add i just wanted to say gareth as much as people have um issues with the o-line they only allowed four pressures last night, and one of them was the wide-open Aaron <laughs> Donald. So I like that Burford came out, Gareth, and said it was my fault. Miscommunication. Yeah. I, thought, I think Shanahan's play calling helped last night, Gareth. I think yeah. he got the ball out of Jimmy's hands quick. I think he realised that some of the rookies were struggling in certain matchups. The run game, I mean, Nagy plays running back. When Jeff Wilson popped out of that hall, I was like, how has they done that? And then obviously you celebrate Beautiful the touchdown. Feeling, and then yeah. you watch it back today like I've done. And like you said, Kittle puts a block in. That whole unit, that play was just something of beauty. And you can understand why Kyle Shanahan gets the credit that he gets sometimes because that just Jeff Wilson just ran in a straight line. He, he looked yeah. like mm. Forrest Gump when he was coming out of the house in the movie. <laughs> and I didn't realise Jeff Wilson was so quick, which I suppose, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But no, for me, the offensive line played quite well last night, Gareth. And like Nadji said, they just need those reps. They need yeah. the time. And they're gelling quite well. And I take it back. I'm quite glad that Brendel played because he had quite a good game in, in my defence. Yeah, uh, I, I was impressed with them. They, they really seem, Banks and Burford really seem to be finding their, their feet. It is going to be that slow improvement. Hopefully, this is going to be a real uh, confidence builder for them, having yeah. faced down Aaron Donald and saying, look, if you can hold your own against that guy, maybe the rest of the uh, uh, Rams defensive line is a or certainly was a bit anonymous on Monday night. But it's got to be a good confidence builder. It's got to be uh, good for them where they can see, right, I'm beginning to make that block at the second level. I think Jeff Wilson did have a good game. I think some of the struggles have been for every running back, certainly in our scheme, those first three or four yards are, are built but on the offensive line, not the running back. And and I think Jeff Wilson showed when, when we can execute that, he's he's got the speed, he's got the change of direction and, and he'll make the most of it. So I, I did think he had a, a, a good game. And yeah, I'm, I'm reassured that our O-line does seem to be on that steady trajectory and also I think there was there was only one O-line penalty I think maybe a one f- full start or a hold I think on Brendel so that's that's a good sign as well because those are the sort of things that rookies can do particularly in a you know in a third down, down in a pressure situation uh, backed up against your own goal line that sort of thing uh, and the guys seem to be be quite calm and well drilled shout out I think to everyone on the O-line for an overall good performance. You've not mentioned McGlinchey I don't know if you've seen the video of McGlinchey, Tartan, Ramsey after Debo (laughs) runs it in. So if you've not seen it, Gareth, head over to my Twitter account. So there's a good angle where McGlinchey and Ramsey get into it. And I I like to see that from McGlinchey because Mm. Ramsey talks the talk. And I thought McGlinchey had a good game last night given his injury worries as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're utterly anonymous on the offensive line, you've had a good game. Uh, and I don't think Hilton was mentioned usually uh, was mentioned once. So we are four games into the season, almost a quarter done. Overall, are you happy with where we are? And based on Monday night's game, the direction you think we're headed in? I'm not because we should be four. I know, um, considering who we played and yeah. how 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 we've played, we should have never lost against the Bears. We should have never lost against the Broncos, and we've won the. the the two games where we played well, we won pretty easily. So I'm not happy because those two losses are going to count immensely against us when it when it matters. Um, September is that's what you do in September. You try and stack up as many wins as you can, however you can. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be pretty. 
Um, so when you, you know, when you put it together and you start rolling later on down the line, can allow yourself to tumble a little bit and, and maybe lose a close one. But being two and two, you look at the rest of the division and everybody's two and two. So even though we, you know, the Rams fans and the Rams teams probably feel a bit down now, they look at the division and say, it's fine. Oh, we're one game in. We just have to win the next game and, and, and we're fine. And the Seahawks are two and two. And I can safely say that we're a better team than they are. So yeah, I'm not essentially very happy especially because obviously we lost Trey and and it was supposed to be a season and and we should be 4-0 and looking quite comfortably uh, you know games against the Chiefs and the Chargers and all those big games down the line and thinking if we lose it doesn't really matter because we still got a couple of games in hand so we should have been better it's a it's a shame we're not cool after a weird few weeks, Gareth, we look back. It, I keep getting deja vu as a 49er fan. So we were heading into this Rams game feeling, oh, we're struggling. The Broncos game was one of the worst of memories. We look back to our best. And I know I'm, I'm known as ever the optimist, but we played well last night. Remember, Nadji, we're 2-0 in the division. Yeah. We beat the Rams. We beat the Seahawks. Recent years, the Seahawks have tended to have our number. I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. I'd love to be sat here 4-0. We should have beat the Bears, but that was just a freak one off yeah. of the weather. The game that we lost against the Broncos, again, I think the Broncos' defence is better than what we maybe gave them credit for. They've got serious problems with Russell Wilson. <laughs> he looks terrible. So, you know, for me, we're heading in the right direction. Our defence is playing well. Like you said, we've lost Trey. The news coming out of Trent Williams seems to be positive. It doesn't yeah. seem like he's going to be out for as long as what he is. So I'm confident. I think we're still going to make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to dampen the Super Bowl talk at this point because <laughs> look around the league. There's there's better teams on form at the moment. I mean, in the NFC, if you look at the Eagles, they're really impressing me with what they're doing. But overall, we're not bottom of the division. I think if we'd sat here one and three, we'd maybe have something to mourn about. But two and two. Remember, at one stage last season, gents, we were three and five. And we lost that game in the rain to the Colts and we wanted to burn it all down and look what happened. So on that note, Gareth, how how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 feeling good. It's it's uh, it's that roller coaster, isn't it? About yeah. uh, how it felt last week after the Broncos. I think I, I might disagree slightly with Nadji. I think September's really about ironing out the kinks and, and working out what your identity is. You you don't win anything in September and, and two and two I'm 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 quite happy with. Uh, it's better to lose those games early and potentially use that as an incentive when they look around and, and look at, at what the Bears and the Broncos actually are as the season goes on. And, and they'll be kicking themselves that they've lost those games. And hopefully they will use that as the incentive to say you, you, you don't win anything in the NFL just by turning up. You've got to fight for every yard and every point. Uh, and hopefully that's something that's 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 going to stick with them, I think, as a missed opportunity. Uh, and hopefully they'll use that to say, well, we're not going to let those other games slip away. I mean, particularly the next two, Carolina and, and uh, Atlanta, are both teams we should be beating. Uh, and hopefully having lost those first two uh, against well, the the Bears and Broncos, hopefully they'll use that and say, you know, we're not going to feel like that again. We're not going to slip up uh, in those games. There's going to be bigger tests to come. We've got to iron out the kinks. We've got to get some confidence and we've got to build some momentum. Uh, so I'm I'm happy with where we are, provided we can build on this performance, because I think that, that defensive performance is as you are. We need to see that every week. Uh, um, or at least even 90, 85% of that every week should be enough if the offence can actually start putting together uh, a sustained four-quarter performance. Uh, we've moved in the right direction um, and, and 
there, there'll be another game next week to see if we can do it. So um, anyone care to uh, do an update on any of our pre-season predictions? How, how are you guys faring on, on what you were talking about, Amir, four or five weeks ago? If I if I could remember, I would. But I think you're you're on you're on point for the free chateau offensive chateau. You can't I, I am. I want want to go, which will happen next week. I was waiting to the end of that game. Uh, the last thing I wanted was a garbage time TD okay, yeah. um, to, to steal away my uh, one of my predictions. But yeah, three in the season was my prediction. Three uh, defensive shutouts for yeah. touchdowns, and we've done two in four weeks. So I'm quite That's happy. Pretty good. That's pretty good. And we're playing a dreadful Panthers team next week. So fingers crossed. We uh, there was a couple of predictions. I think one from Lee about the team sack total. Anyone yeah. got an idea of how close we are with that? I think we were oh, looking I... at something like four or five a game, and I think we just perhaps a little under. It was like it was more like six and a bit per game. So really, last um... night did it because we got seven. Uh, but it's doing that every week. That's that's a hard bit. <laughs> so see, I've gone back on my notes, Gareth Mitchell being injured. Yeah. Out. I have Nick Bosa to set the single season sack record. And he currently leads the NFL with 30 QB pressures. So as yeah. much as Nadji said at the start, the show he wants them both at tournament the sacks. Yeah. Um, I did say that Ayuk would be the number one receiver at the start of the season. Um, I think we were all still a little bit bitter that Debo had dragged it out. But I think Lee got carried away with the sack total because I think he thought Sammy Womack was going to get like 50 sacks, 50 <laughs> interceptions, 50 pick sixes. So um, maybe that's why he's disappeared off the pod for a couple of weeks, Gareth. Yeah. Who was Sammy hasn't been playing. And if Lenar yeah. plays like that, like he did last night, then well. sadly, I think Womack's bold prediction might not come up. But what True. what was some of yours, Gareth? You must have some of yours written down there, buddy. Uh, I'm not written down. I, I, I make them up on the spot. They are recorded. <laughs> All time on the podcast. I think I did one about uh, something like 20 interceptions, was it? Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, we should have had four or five last night um, yeah. and only got the one. But um, that that's one that I'm still quietly confident we might get somewhere close uh, to 20. Uh, if we can continue to to play the way we have, yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to make the uh, effort to listen back to the pod, uh, <laughs> yeah, and see what we talked about. <laughs> so, Paul, uh, I think you had a few uh, shout outs. So, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody on the game day thread. I think you were with me, Gareth, on the game day thread last night. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of complaints that the algorithm from Facebook is mixing people's comments up, which is a bit yeah. frustrating. So, I've seen a post today, Gareth, where we may look to move that to a different platform because the game day thread at three four five o'clock in the morning when you sat up talking the the shout out matt gregson is a big follower of our 49 a faithful uk twitter account and unlike lee and unlike many others i didn't take a nana nap last night gareth i powered through so i did what i do best i was on social media i was getting the hype gum the tweets and he tweeted me last night and he said that if he stayed up and watched we would lose so he was going to take one for the team and he wasn't going to stay up and watch and we'd win. And he tweeted it out there. He tagged Nick Clark in it. And he's reminded me this morning that we've won due to his sacrifice. So mm. on that note, I promised I'd mention it on the pod because I know he listens every week. But I will say this to him, Gareth. You're not allowed to watch any more games, Matt. If you don't watch and we win, please don't watch any more games. But uh, yeah, I just said I'd give it a cheeky mention because it just shows what we're building. People have reached out with me today, Gareth. I mean, I've had many a message, DM, tweet, asking when the pod is, looking forward to the pod, looking forward to hearing us hit. Feels great, baby. Victory Tuesday. So thanks to everyone who tunes in. And um, if you want to mention on the pod, please reach out to any of the three of us. We're more than happy. We won't charge, we promise. <laughs> 
Quite so much. Uh, so uh, also a quick update on the 49ers watch party for the 16th of October at the Box in Leeds. Uh, a few people have been contacting us regarding the arrangements for the day. We can only really remind everyone that it's a 49ers organisation uh, event. They have promoted it in Leeds, uh, specifically through their connection with Leeds United FC. It's a free event and the box is a pub that is open to all. We are reassured that the game will be shown on screens uh, in preference to the Premier League matches that are on that Sunday, but the venue could well be busy. We know people are travelling far. Do try and get there early. And what I can say is, is perhaps if the venue does start filling up more than more than expected, we'll we'll perhaps tweet that out, put it on Facebook, try and encourage you to to make your way down if you're in the town or if you're checking into your accommodation or whatever you might be doing. Uh, try and get there there early. But obviously, uh, it's pretty much out of our control. Um, it is quite a large venue, um, and, and obviously. If they're, if they're not showing the Premier League uh, late matches that Sunday, there's going to be plenty of other venues in Leeds that will, will be showing the Premier League match. I think it's a big one, is it? Uh, Liverpool, Man City. Yeah, um, so it could be popular, but hopefully that, that might keep the numbers down to a manageable level to make sure all of the UK faithful can make it in. But obviously, just get there as soon as you can. Uh, there'll be a, a warm welcome and some possibly some fireballs uh, flying around <laughs> by that time of the day. Um, and, uh, <laughs> no? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm driving down. For, I'm, avo- I'm avoiding that, Gareth. I will just jump in and say people do need to go to the 49ers Facebook page and tag that you're going because that's how Nick Clark is is getting uh, numbers. And uh, the the official 49ers yeah. Facebook page, not the UK yeah. faithful. Not ours. Yeah, no, the so event, yeah. There's an event page, and basically you can tick that you're going. Leeds do play Arsenal at home that day, but it's at Elland Road, and it's not on Sky. I can't remember what the two o'clock game is, but we've been assured that the venue, Gareth, is open to 49er fans from half past four for our event. I'm not going to say dinner time, because Nadji's corrected me. <laughs> Most of the admin team will be arriving in Leeds about noon. So you're right, Gareth, just hit us up. We'll be more than happy to meet around, but no... I am not having any fireballs and I am putting that on record. So. Yeah, and that's it. If you, if you get to the venue, if you're travelling on your own, uh, you know, find someone in a 49er faithful UK, uh, uh, shirt, a 49er shirt, uh, uh, and you, you'll soon be at the bar uh, chatting about uh, Nick Bosa and, and others, I'm sure. Uh, come down, make yourself known, uh, and, uh, and there'll be a warm welcome, I think, certainly from, from oh, yeah. everyone who's, who's ever been to a faithful uh, event. So... Thanks to everyone who listens to the show. Uh, uh, thanks for all your messages and comments. Uh, we do use the Facebook page and Twitter most of all, but comments and likes on your podcast platform and on our YouTube channel might help us potentially reach some more fans. So do feel free to, to comment on there. And for us on the pod, it does make it feel like Victory Tuesday every day when we get yeah. nice comments. Absolutely. We will- Absolutely. We will be back later in the week to preview our visit to Carolina to face the Panthers for a very civilised 9.05pm kickoff next Sunday. I'm sure you're all looking forward to it as much as Mr Bosa is looking forward to meeting Mr Mayfield again and again and again. Until then, enjoy Victory Week and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurts, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever